0: Welcome. Good morning to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues, a podcast where three beautiful, full-figured, talented Black women talk about their experiences and perspectives moving through this world. Holy shit. (laughs) It's pride. (laughs) It is that time of year. Um, Kylie is over there dressed in her pride best. I am feeling the vibes. I am very lazy this morning. I am very brawless and just a t-shirt these days and of also course, vibe. Also the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> also the vibe. Uh, and of course uh Priors is always showing us up with class as as default. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm no longer brawless <laughs> <laughs> Um Happy
0: Pride to my lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, intersexual, asexual babes, and all babes in between. I am sometimes V here, over here as uh, the tropical Pride Queen. We got Kylie Too Smart, hello, and of course Brow is the testament. Awesome. So it's been a couple of weeks. I know we haven't been here in a little bit, and thank you so much for your patience. Uh, thank you so much for uh, waiting on us to, um, you know, get our wits together. But we've done a few things on um, the outside world that, you know, is going to help our, boost our careers, do things that are passionate to ourselves. And also, you know, we're just killing it. We're just absolutely killing it. So um, let's go ahead and start with um, how's your week, Kylie? my good. Um, my
2: week has been phenomenal. Uh, for you guys who are not familiar with Monterey or Seaside, uh, the Cali Roots Festival was out here last week. Um, so so many artists just walking in, and I am fortunate enough to be able to hear most of the music from the fairgrounds, because to be honest, like I'm still uh, like iffy about going out and about in crowds, and like you still have to wear your mask, and you still have to be conscious and aware of like people in your personal space, and. Um, so I only went on the last day. Like I looked and I picked like the artists that I absolutely wanted to see. You know, this was a festival that was like four days long. Um, and I got to see Ice Cube. I got to see Sublime. I got to see uh, Mike Love, Anthony B, Sean Paul. Sean Paul? <laughs> Sean Paul Sean was there. Paul. It was like, it was kind of funny. Um, Like his performance was like funny because his visuals were all like selfish.
0: The jewels oh, are all yeah.
2: selfies. <laughs> oh, That's <my>. very cool. <laughs> Who is this man's PR? Um, <laughs> and then uh, my favorite was Junior Gong, Damian Marley, wrapping up the festival, bringing all of the um, energy uh, to like last the rest of the year with the good vibrations, positive messaging you know talking about growing your own food and being connected to your community and like having energy and like he just exudes like black boy joy i've been like seeing it trending on tiktok like we're frolicking and like his his (laughs) performance is always high energy just peak love um so i got to absorb all of that this past weekend um my brother and his band were in town That's always a chaotic, hot mess and a good time. I got to record some music with them, and I also finally got my business cards and get to participate in my first pop up. So
0: awesome! Yay! Not a problem from Kylie. Not a problem.
2: (laughs) Yes, we work hard, we play hard, and hopefully,
0: you know, get out in these streets. (laughs) <laughs> i feel like your week has been super eventful and it's been a second since i've been to cali roots it was over at the fairgrounds right Mm-hmm. yeah
2: uh, my brother has lovingly dubbed it the like
0: <laughs> the wasta festival not the wasta festival what Dude. does wasta mean
1: <laughs> white rasta oh what? is that what is that the demographic
2: Yes, he's like the dirty Wajites and I'm like, sir, like all the dirty kids uh-huh. bussing it in, people coming and uh, like camping out or coming with their trailers. It's like that lineup.
1: That's a yeah. That that's all. That lineup is like
2: amazing. So classic. So many. Amazing. I haven't seen as many locks in my life. I'm like, look, look, look at them all. Look all the colors. Um, I particularly love going and finding um, some of, like, the locally, like, Black-owned businesses uh-huh. that I followed on Instagram that I finally got to meet in person. Um, John Wick's Candles. He's <laughs> awesome. He was- John he Wick's lit. Candles? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my that God. That makes he so much so sense. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I pulled up on him. And he was just like handing out edibles. He was like, I don't really uh he's like, I don't eat these, so like people keep giving me like free edibles and things, so I just hand them out to my customers and he was like, Would you like to smell some Very some good nice. good? And it's all these like lovely candles.
0: Super nice guy. I love it.
1: Yes. Oh, that's um, so yeah. beautifully
0: catchy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. It makes it's, such good sense. Yeah. Sense?
0: Makes good Sents. sense. <laughs> he makes <laughs> the best sense. <laughs>
2: So yeah, that was my week. Oh, and to top it off, I was a good noodle and got my caboose back in the gym.
0: Ooh, yes. I'm feeling those vibes because I did too. Yes. virtual high five. Can we do it? Can we do it?
2: Yes, yes, yes. is like, I work out daily. I have a child. That is my, the, hub, the life. Life is my gym. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, running.
1: No. I'm, I'm, I'm being bad because I, uh, my whole family started walks, uh, like walking twice a day. And I have not joined them for a week and a half. So yeah, it's very sad.
0: (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Sometimes I feel locked on my computer because of the amount of work that I have to do that it's like, I know I got to walk. I know these 10 minutes will be important for me to walk. And then you're like, but I'm
1: afraid that something else
0: is going to come up and it's (laughs) dire.
1: it's always something right it's like you you get the but then i have to prioritize like i have to put that block that time on my calendar Mm -hmm. um and make it consistent because of course when it changes that's where i get in trouble when it's Mm -hmm. like oh it's at 10 a.m today and it's at noon tomorrow um yeah so i have to block that time and reserve it every day and then give myself a chance so i'm like i'm gonna try that this week see how it goes yeah Yeah. (laughs) But how's your week going? Otherwise than that, good. Good. I'm I'm excited because I finally got a chance to do my my official walk of Georgetown. Cancelled the 2020 class of uh, graduation class. Of course, all commencements in the year 2020 canceled. Um, so you know, not alone there, but it was awesome to have like a return to the hilltop this this week or last week rather to do, um, you know, just have the ceremony part of it and really being able to experience the reunion, I think, with former alumni and um, celebrate the fact that we've persevered, I think, through all the unprecedented challenges and all the tragedies that we've jointly experienced and, you know, really, really honoring, I think the university really honored the class's resilience and their accomplishments jointly um, so it was very nice to do that. I was I was excited to see friends again and get a chance to do that. And so many people weren't able to travel back yeah. um, because there's such a you know international audience that is still dealing with a lot of visa issues coming in. Um, to the country right now so that is that is sad I think um, but either way um, the fact that they were celebrated I think was was still worthwhile and I had a great time at graduation so it was fun to walk and just enjoy that and uh, yeah I'm just I'm ready to kick off the summer I've been you know planning for this tour that I'm doing this summer
0: yes.
1: with, with my Yay. friends and Noah <laughs> Grime and Mark Cooper and just trying to you know trying to make it all work and figure out our steps and all of that kind of stuff and the first segment of that is on the east coast so i get the chance to be the host of that i guess this leg of the tour and uh i'm excited to like you know kind of welcome them and and uh to the northeast and kind of be the the liaison for that so yeah it's going to be fun
2: I feel like we don't talk about your musical accomplishments as much as we should. Can you like quickly just tell people where they can find your music?
1: Yes, and speaking of which, it is is—it is uh, Biden officially recognized June as Black Music Appreciation Month. It has always been sort of unofficially Black Music Appreciation Month. But because as a hip hop artist, I always like to remind folks, right, that this is a Black art form that is a global art form at this point. Um, while it was uh, started right for sort of black music has been um, a lot sort of conveyed the hopes and struggles of resilient people and um, we are still sort of uh, needing to ensure that right that celebration of black music happens as you talked about Kylie and the experience at Cali Roots I think about the fact of what roots music is and um, kind of this is an opportunity to explore our roots so yes um, I am a hip hop artist I am. Uh, I've been a hip-hop artist for about uh, the last 15, 20 years now, um, if you think about like recording actively for the last like 10, 15 years, Um, and I uh, pretty much, I feel like I do everything that I can do when it comes to hip-hop music, whether that's, you know, producing, writing, uh, singing you know rapping whatever entails the song entails I think just sort of making sure that my music conveys whatever emotion um, and whatever the topic is so being able to pull out different things out of the toolkit as needed um, so yeah I'm I'm I feel like if anything Juneteenth coming up black music month make sure to celebrate um, you know African-American musical influences and and continue that. Uh, I'm glad that Biden did you an know, official proclamation of it this year.
0: Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> I was like,
2: I to V, sometimes V, always busy. Let's oh, go. God. Yeah, I've
0: been, I've been quite the busy. This B. rundown's
2: about to be deep. B.
0: Quite the busy V. <laughs> well, I won't go too deep because I want to make sure we have time. <laughs> um, we always had time. Yeah, I've been. Bone mama for the last <laughs> Well, I've always been Bone Mama, but I've always been um I, I it was a little bit deeper uh the last couple of weeks. So I just came back from IWBC. For those who don't know, it means International Women's Uh Brass Conference. Uh where they feature, highlight, celebrate women brass musicians. Um and and so What's been really cool about that is that not only that, going there, everybody is super nice, super inclusive. Like, they everyone's just so excited to see each other because usually, in normal brass spaces, and I say normal brass spaces, just you know, just trumpet, just trombone, just tuba, it's heavily white dominated by men and by cis heterosexual men. Um, and so it was just nice to kind of have a sense of, um, release and liberation in this space and so i met a lot of other sisters and i feel like i gained another sisterhood in brass music and so it's a beautiful thing because i've always felt like i struggled a lot in this field because of lack of resources being a black woman um and you know having to really start from scratch essentially like i didn't really get formal lessons until college (laughs) and that was mandatory because it was a class so um, so yeah, at this conference, it was in Texas, it was over at UNT, shout out to the staff who really like put on a really good conference. But the biggest highlight of it all was that women's breasts, as much as it is a male dominated field on the women's side, when there was like women uplifting, it was also very white women heavy. And so if you look at Athena uh, breasts, if you look at Monarch breasts, um... I'm glad that they're all taking the steps to having women inclusive spaces, but you don't really see a lot of people of color. And so Chromatic Brass, which is the group that I was representative of, we Mm -hmm. are black and POC brass, brass musicians. So most of the group was black women. We did have a lot of other POCs in the group. Those who were Latino or those who have Latino backgrounds, those who have Asian backgrounds, um we had you know also we had a lot of folks who were genderqueer um and also non-conforming and so it was just a nice space to be very like fully there and feeling like okay now it's not that i'm just in a section of white women but i actually am in a section with black women which which doesn't really happen and the incredible thing is you think like oh v you're not really searching enough in your own region no the only time i've ever played with black women these black women are from different locations such as st louis kentucky um they're from new york la like we're all sparsed out so we're never really together consistently (laughs) and so this conference was our first in-person debut and it's a historical debut because there's never been a black and POC group to play brass in public wow. in a conference um, and so it's it, it was very um, it's kind of cool to be part of a historical moment um, and we we got to know other brass musicians who are also black women who are very heavy in the game such as uh, velvet brown she is the advisor of uh, chromatic brass collective but really led paved the path for us to perform and she really like you know conducted us in a way and coached us so that was awesome. And then we also met Angela Wellman, who is a trombone player uh, from Oakland, which I didn't know about until this conference. And so I think this conference is super important for us to have because then it starts to highlight the women that we didn't even know about. And so I got a little weepy and she's like, where have you been? And she's like, where have you been? And she would say like, who are your teachers? How come they never told you about me and vice versa? And I would tell her, she goes, ah, you know, they're full of it let's keep talking <laughs> so so it was just really talking cool about. yeah angela is um a woman from oakland she has a public music conservatory which highlights black people um and especially black women and she's very pro-black she's like this is what you can do if you make your black girls feel liberated to do their thing and stand firm in their power like she is about it so i'm getting chills talking about it but i had a a really good couple of weeks and i feel more competent and more motivated as a musician than i have ever before and i really thank uh this the chromatic brass collective thank you guys I mean, richards who's the president thank you to the board like it's just been an incredible experience
1: that's awesome yeah. that sounds beautiful
0: yeah it was, it was a lot um so yeah, uh, that's how our week is going. Those in the chat, tell us how your week is going. Um, even if it's simple as like, I got up on time every morning this week, I'm like, that's an accomplishment. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I survived, I lived. I survived and I lived, exactly. No, those are accomplishments. And do not do not yeah. belittle yourself because it seems so simple. It's not. With... <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're is living
2: in more dystopian (laughs) times than i think i even realized you're like some days you you wake up and you're like hmm yes um the books i read in my childhood the predictions they are here Um, (laughs) i was um, reminded or rather put on to um, octavia butler Yeah. sci-fi writer she's yes a black woman um who's like for a long long time it was like the first in her field and like the only in her field for holding it down
1: for such a long time before there was yeah <laughs> there was um, given to
2: and just reading some of her works like she had even like used the phrase like making America great again like back in the 90s
1: mm-hmm
2: mm Mm-mm. Handmaid's Tale who? No go, find <laughs> this woman. go read her books
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly and especially for like in the era I think of her writing from the 70s and that chronology aspect she focuses a lot on chronology and like how you know I feel like so many people are like oh this is interesting that you know there is a ability to tell I guess or forecast or sort of understand I think what the narrative looks like in like decades before are following you um and so many things are happening right in alignment with like a lot of those dystopian sci-fi I mean, so many so many not just Octavia butler but um she's just one of the sci-fi writers i feel like are telling them we're telling some stuff telling <laughs> all of the truths please go look listened. up
0: parable of the sour <laughs> you will not be disappointed You will not be disappointed. So let's go ahead and recap Thursday. I think this is a good new segment to talk about uh, maybe a small thing that we talked about during our Thursday chats. Um, I ran a poll on Twitter um, about the Last Supper. And I know this is coming out of just straight right corner, but it's really important. It's really, really important. The Last Supper, as we all know, is the supper that Jesus had with his disciples. And so there's always like a food, a table, Jesus is in the center. You got his fanboys on the right and the left being like, oh Jesus, yes. And you got Judas <laughs> over there, just stroking whatever beard or non-beard. I don't know what the Bible says. But like <laughs> Just being like, definitely bearded. Mm. <laughs> so I wanted to know, did they all finish their food or did they let that food go to waste? Curious. Was the food just a photo op? Ooh. A very long photo op. I
2: feel <laughs> like the food <laughs> was fake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the food was fake? You think the food was fake?
2: They had to pose for that painting, which took, I'm sure, at least a couple months. <gasps> they had to pose?
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that.
2: Or Jesus kept replenishing. He was just like, ah, yes, water to wine. Here are your legumes.
1: Here's your charcuterie
0: board. He does have that power to just replenish (laughs) food. I mean, according to the Bible, if you want to be literal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. What was the, what did the poll come out and say? 74. Oh,
0: I actually have to double check because look at me starting shit and not checking my facts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sometimes be troll lord extraordinaire. The poll said... Uh, 75% said they did and then the 25% say that they didn't but let me just double check I just want to be sure and I'm like I love the optimists in the room that they're like yeah of course they didn't waste that food it was in the middle of the BC era or AC <laughs> <laughs> obviously oh 75% people said that food went to waste okay so we're good <laughs> well I mean if you think about it Jesus went to pray. Everybody was
2: drunk. They passed out. The guards came, <laughs> took Jesus away. I would, I would hope, like there may be a one or two apostles that was like, ah, oh, um, I guess I'll just chill and eat. But I should <laughs> think that everybody would have been. <laughs> yeah, they had the itis. They're like, no, don't take him. <laughs> We're all hungover. Wait. <laughs> Oh I <laughs> hope that they would have been so distraught and distracted that they would have lost their appetites. But you n- never know. They was trifling. Clearly, Judas. Mm-hmm. Judas maybe sat down and and finished the rest of the side. Su- he well, had himself I mean, a he good was first breakfast. The
1: silver. He wasn't hungry. He was like, look, I got, I got the bag. He solidified the bag, and he, he had the bag, <laughs> not the bag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he had the bag he had the leftover breakfast Judas had himself a good morning (laughs)
1: I'm hungry so so
0: Klopp says that the breadcrumbs in the wine glasses for shame (laughs) that's nasty they're backwashing
2: (laughs) you know they are eating the body of Christ
0: and drinking his blood I don't think they care about the backwash I don't think they care about the backwash that's fair I had another theory that they were also all feeding each other happy
1: pride
2: I love that theory. It is so loving.
1: I like to think of it as a head table, um, essentially. No pun intended, but I, I know it's a head table, and it was a big party. And it's like, oh, the Last Supper was just well. We see in the Da Vinci painting, and so many other articulations of that moment is just like the head table. You know, it's the receiving table at the at the event, and folks were coming and bring it it was a potluck style theological potluck of course and feet washing and all of the things were happening i hope
0: there was feet washing before eating
1: oh yeah got to want I mean, to say that
2: but if you think about everybody eating with their hands do you want them to go from feet washing to serving i just i question a lot of the hygienic practices
0: let's Let's be optimistic here. They used lavender leaves to scrub, scrub uh-huh. it up and exfoliate uh-huh. the hands. Uh-huh. And then they used and repurposed the same water they used with the feet to wash their hands with. Let's let's be real.
1: Oh, yeah. They were definitely washing feet. <laughs> they were definitely <laughs> they were optimistic
2: And it's supposed to settle my spirit. How? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic. Um, just, I love that this Conversation really came from just wild ass concepts from Twitter Thursdays. <laughs> there were talks of like what we thought the food would be at the Last Supper. Oh, what was foods. that? Grapes? Did
0: we say grapes? Oh, I think, I think that's a given. Like a though, very right?
2: bizarre charcuterie. It was a very bizarre charcuterie <laughs> type <laughs> theme. <laughs>
0: it was like someone mentioned <laughs> eel. Someone mentioned yeah, eel. it was like eels and orange slices. <laughs>
1: I, I like to think probably, like, olives. Some, some olives, yeah, bitter herbs, <sighs> some unleavened bread. Some sort you know, of hummus dates. Thing. A, a Palestinian cuisine, probably. Yeah, uh, maybe so bean stew. Fish, um, for sure. Yeah, or lamb. Definitely, definitely a lamb was slaughtered, for sure, and... and was it lamb know. tatar? <laughs> was last lamb. last supper they were eating more than fish. That that was they needed to dig into the lamb at that point. That was like la- and figs and dates. Very, very I think the lentils for sure. It's lentils.
2: Charcuterie.
1: It was some pomegranates maybe. <laughs> pomegranates had- take a second to
0: eat, but yeah, I think that would make sense. It, it's it's a <laughs> nice stain over the nice brown fingers from the
1: dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> gotta gotta get that in, in there. And then yeah, whatever was like Jewish dietary law at that point.
0: Jewish
2: dietary <laughs> law.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was great. What is the what is the food regulation system? It's is it FDC?
1: No, that's uh, USDA.
0: USDA! Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Obviously I'm well cultured here. Uh- <laughs>
1: No worries. I worked for them for a long time I and mean, they're down the street from my house. If like, I live in D.C., if I don't know the government, I probably don't need to live here. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I'm buying
2: I mean, Cautionary I tale. We should sure, all right. know our governments. Get to know your governments. Get to know your local government. Know governments. y'all governments. governments. The ones that take
1: your money, specifically, though.
2: Specifically. <laughs> and spend your money.
0: Them. Them hoes. Watch them. Watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, thanks for entertaining that guys. I really appreciate Klopp talking about bread and wine. He said, like, oh, yeah, they had the dip fun. they have to the dip the bread in the wine, and I'm like, oh, you're so innocent.
2: Yeah, cause the bread was stale. <laughs> it was unleavened. The bread was unleavened.
1: <laughs> it was unleavened. Need to put that in some some wine, give it a little bit of rising agent it from was the crunchy. wine. This flatbread, this roti is very and needs some. <laughs>
0: It needs, it needs to be soggy. It needs to be a little bit more soggy. It needs to be soggy for the love. All right. the alcohol, AIDS, and the digestion. Yes, crunch. The fermentation. The fermentation will help with digestion. Yes. 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 Eight. Mood <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Moving along. I
1: do, I, I, Klopp mentioned the lambs thing. I was just... I saw a meme on Twitter the other day. And someone was like... I love lamb chops. I see why Mary was 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 taking all up, uh, taking all those holes over. <laughs> 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 no wonder Mary was taking all these holes over, or something like that. And I was like, no. <laughs> Wild, but then I was just like, what? No, not Mary. <laughs> not Mary, Mary where her. She was taking up all the lambs. Oh, Mary, no. Mary, very hilarious. Anyway.
0: Do you think like her and little Bo Peep had to duke it out? (laughs) I mean,
1: just curious. I don't know. She had a little lamb, so it it indicates that it didn't grow up. I don't know, but. Oh! (sighs) Each, right?
2: Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Bo Peep rescued that same lamb later with her hook. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. This is fine fine. this
0: is fine (laughs) this
2: is fine (laughs) oh my gosh all right
0: well moving along lambs
2: were lost in the recording of this episode
0: (laughs) no (laughs) lambs were lost um this conversation came from our twitter thursdays if the if folks are down to just shoot the shit about whatever please come through sometimes there's organized interviews sometimes there's not so just come through and see what happens Um, chaotic good. The chaotic good, yes. All right, so uh, problem solving. I. This was a subject that we wanted to talk about, I think, a few weeks ago, and we're going to rise it here on the table of Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. Um, there are things that I think about when I was a kid that worked out really well and now translate extraordinarily well into my adulthood. And so... Um, We want to kind of talk about what are some routines that carried into your adulthood from childhood. Um, Personally, for me, my, my routine of, you know, vacuuming every week is like very satisfactory. Like I really like the feeling of vacuuming, seeing the clean floor and just being like, ah, a fresh start because i learned that as doing it as a kid, routinely, where I thought like, oh, it's just a chore, it's just yucky, whatever. Now as an adult, I'm like, ooh, I actually really like that skill. That's a skill that I love knowing that is r- routine for me. So it doesn't have to be as basic as that, but I'm just curious to know what everybody else's thoughts were. So Kylie, what's your thoughts?
2: Um, I think it's interesting because my childhood was, so chaotic um, and mixed up that a lot of the routines that I have now are kind of like lessons learned of like things not to do or like things that I don't want to see perpetuating in my life, aka we are, I love the terms like breaking generational curses. So a lot of the things that I do now are just reflections of trying to gain stability and trying to find um, a more productive sense of normalcy. So for me, it's doing simple things like actually flossing, and a lot of people don't floss, which is wild. Floss, y'all! Have you seen people's teeth out here when they're in there? Like,
1: please talk to my eleven-year-old. Say those things. I'm gonna record. Floss,
2: hey. Fl- floss! You need these teeth. Look, as someone who <laughs> <laughs> readily recognizes all of the time the fact that I don't receive like the best health care, the fact that like. I really do have to be 1,000% responsible for my own health and well-being, and I feel like that's a fact that like most adults have to recognize. But especially if you know that you are not necessarily going to be receiving the best health care from a system based in just the tomfoolery that we have going on, it's really important to take care of yourself. So doing basic things like drinking water. Um, so many people out here drinking soda, like rotting their teeth. Paying attention uh, to the—it's bad. It's uh, so bad. Don't get me wrong; um, I, I don't mind the occasional soda. But, right now, but day, I'm like, oh,
1: that's coffee.
2: Every, i mean, yes, I'm over here sipping my coffee too. But like, best believe, Cheers, ladies. when I'm done with this coffee, I'm gonna go brush <laughs> put your, put my teeth. I'm gonna go floss. Like, there's little things, um like washing your face in the morning. Cool. yes Yes. wash your face in the morning um the revolutionary age yeah (laughs) like look like there's just like little things like get up and make your bed that was one that um didn't really hit me until later as really part of an active way of like fighting off depression and laziness (laughs) make your bed so you don't want to like immediately just stay in it all day or get back in it and then at the end of the day you know that you have like a nice fresh bed to jump into and it's just like oh you have some relaxing thing at the end of your day to look forward to yes Um, so it's like it's like really basic things go outside walk around get some fresh air eat oh that's that's a big one for me actually eat I think so many of us get caught up in like intermittent fasting or are so worried about counting calories that they end up starving themselves and then that will send you into a sad loop of like crankiness hangriness those snicker commercials really be hitting when you're hungry like no i'm not like who is this terrible Terrible angry wench. Like ah, she needs not angry wench. She's an angry wench. You're an angry elf. Yes. Uh get some freaking food. Eat eat. Eat. Live. Be happy. Smell the flowers. Do the things.
1: Yes.
2: Pay your bills.
0: Live laugh love. Live love. <laughs> Live, Live laugh love. Laugh love, love. Not love,
2: not love to your teeth.
0: <laughs> not <laughs> Make sure you not take care. care of your uh, your, ex, your exoskeletons for the better.
2: Right. So a lot of my habits are more physical habits. Some of them are more spiritual habits. I am now focusing on um, getting better with my financial habits. Yes. Because, like I said, I my childhood, not rooted in any type of financial stability. I didn't get any of these lessons. Um, so... I keep my ears all the way open. Um, I keep my eyes open, constantly learning, just constantly learning. Never stop learning. Never stop achieving. Never stop reaching. That's why I'm. I love um, this podcast in particular because V. It's it's true. You are always busy. You are always like on the road, looking for the next thing, you're learning new things, specifically for this podcast, learning OBS, you bring so many things to just like my realm of consciousness that I never really would have been exposed to on my own, because I didn't have the technological Exposure. I didn't have the computer classes, and then like same with prowess. Like I'm so proud of you, watching you graduate, and like asking you what was your degree in, and like what is your type of upbringing, and the standards that you have for the what you will and will not tolerate, the type of knowledge that you have, the type of people you interact with, how you move yourself through this world financially, socially, personally, all of these things. I'm learning from you guys constantly. Everybody that's in our chat, like I, I am a stalker. I will go like look at your profiles and be <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing? Like how did you get to where you are in life? Kylie is truly um, your
0: number one fan. Like
2: oh I'm really, I'll be like, oh my God, let me listen to all your stuff. I stand because anytime that you can create something with your brain, right? This comes from a space of like power that we all have and it's a connectivity and I think it's really important not to lose that aspect of like humanity and connection Mm -hmm. so that's what I take from my childhood it's like I'm constantly seeking like that greater knowledge and those connections and like trying to learn actually how to live better
0: yeah Yes. yes promise what you got that was awesome girl like, was you, almost got me, you almost got me like weepy you're like you're doing all this stuff and you're sending that foundation I'm like bitch don't stop, How do I follow
1: stop. That I know,
0: but you guys are and you do all the time
1: i have to double down and say that is uh that is absolutely uh um, a critical part of of everyone's journey i feel like being a a lifelong learner as long you know i live by the concept that a full cup can't be you know filled and so Keep my cup as empty as possible by as much as you get filled, you know, drip that out, bring that, make sure that you spill some, um, so that that way you can you can have more in your cup constantly and constantly be filling other cups as you get filled. So I feel like that is the the whole entire art of that or concept of that, Kylie. You you certainly shined a light on, um, and I think it's it's interesting because my upbringing, I kind of grew up with very old school grandparents um, on one side, sort of like so overtly focused on decorum and the idea of saving face, um, which I feel like is a very like Asian Eastern concept, but in it is also, I I recognize parallels of that between like deep Southern, the deep South, where there really is a need to sort of preserve your uh, you know, decorum because you don't, it is It is how you define your legacy, it is all of those things, right? So the idea of understanding legacy and the importance and the responsibility of that and like Sankofa and all what those things mean, I feel like that is something that stuck with me from childhood. My, my grandmother consequently um, passed away 10 years ago on uh, the day before yesterday. And I have been uh, recognizing, right, the aspect of like we had a very sort of tense relationship in the in the end, which really, really consequently kind of came from uh, a childhood of constantly being reinforced about how I talked, how I looked, how I presented myself, you know, not wearing I couldn't wear dungarees or jeans. if i was going outside i couldn't wear sweatpants which to her a leisure a leisure suit sweatsuit you know it was like that was absolutely you were not presenting yourself in the best light. I couldn't go outside without a slip on if I had a dress. I had to wear have a modesty cloth if I my dress came above my my knee. you know those types of things. And at the same time, my other set of grandparents, which were like, anything goes, it's all wild here. We're making you know, we're making wine in the backyard and you can drink it. You can smoke some cigars if you want. like it was a total uh, contrast to each other. And, but the the things that my grandmother tried to instill with me, and the idea of cotillion and celebration and demure and poise for what she felt was like how women should present themselves, right? Which was is totally almost just antithetical to what is today's time when everything Pandora's box has just been opened, right? There's little that is left to the imagination, um, and so there's a lot of struggles with that. But I I remember those moments, and and even you know, I went to speech classes because my grandmother didn't like like the way that I use cognates and did not like the way I would. So as a result, right, I'm very, very focused on my language and how I speak and how I talk and how I enunciate. And sometimes I feel like people are like, you are overly, you know, sometimes like you need to relax. And it's like, well, if you understand this kind of, you know, past that I have, especially as a young Black woman, where my grandmother felt like as young Black women, you have to be an example. There's always someone watching you. And her her worst nightmare was that someone was going to come into the home, right? We've talked about like the vacuuming thing and cleaning. Everything needs to be spotless because if they have to break that door down and come into your room and that bed's unmade and those sheets are not in those sheets. Oh my gosh. Not, <laughs> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you don't have things ironed and you have laundry sitting in the, in the corner where it should be like you are embarrassed if you don't have on the appropriate matching set of underwear and and brazier. you are not prepared for and so it was those things stuck with me and then some ways created a bit of trauma in the teenage years now i appreciate them as an adult but like it is so it doesn't allow you to find identity very easily No. so i think about those things that can be trauma inducing when you are searching for identity and decorum and does not really find a place, I feel like, in celebration of identity, like who you who you are as a person versus the challenge of like, how do you pay homage and sort of pay, you know, respect to the legacy that your family has has provided for you. Um, so those two things are definitely the, the knowledge piece of just constantly being learned and constantly learning and constantly learning others, the edification process and then yeah the the idea of like what does legacy mean to me now what am i leaving behind for my for my nephews my nieces for my my little cousins i don't have siblings i'm an only child but my nep- my nephews and my nieces are my little cousins and so what am i leaving behind for them what is the story that they're getting from me when i'm you know i'm always the one that is not chastising but reminding them right of their greatness that you need to be doing more yeah, you got straight A's. Wonderful. That's expected. You don't. You only have one job, school. Let's do more. Do more. Feed yourself. And so I feel like sometimes that can be very like like that. Those are the learnings I got. That's not always right. You had to celebrate more people. So or celebrate people more. Yes. Um, so I'm learning that in my in my younger I guess younger I'm saying because I'm not going to say older. <laughs> my, younger, my big age, my younger age now, I'm learning to... And my
0: big-ass big age.
1: <laughs> celebrate wins more for, for folks and and not just kind of be the reminder of, like, remember, you know, put on your great face. Do better. Do more. It's not enough. You need to be doing more. You need to be doing more. Just, like, celebrate that sometimes. Like, sometimes be a steal.
2: Can we talk about that? Like, because... Um... I went from like one extreme to the other of having the chaos and then when I moved to Hawaii my grandparents were English teachers and math professors and we were not allowed to speak pidgin in the home we had to speak perfect English almost the, the queen's English like people really thought I was a foreign child I was like now I'm from here I promise <laughs> and it's carried throughout Girl, what's and this idea oh pidgin um, like you know the kind like so pigeon is usually just an amalgamation of an indigenous language and ah. slang from as people adapt to english and try to keep their like cultural ties so pigeon i think is it's like a colloquialism and it kind of is a broad term that can describe any like mix of like localized language mm-hmm mix of english and slang and um whatever their native tongue is so mm-hmm. in hawaii you you have like a very specific hawaiian pigeon versus like if someone was creole they would have like their their own like creole pigeon when they're not speaking specifically one language or the other i think of like spanglish is kind of the same way yeah <clears throat> um yeah. so it's like we were not allowed to to use that type of slang or language in the home um and it was very much like now i had to be very conscientious about how i was walking how how i was walking how i was talking and it left me almost with this inability to really celebrate my accomplishments right Mm because you go out and you're like you said you're expected to get those a's that's not i was like that's not really something that's celebrated you're expected to graduate you're expected to get these wins and these medals. Did I freeze? Your camera so,
0: freeze, but keep talking, like... keep
2: talking. Yeah, so I'm um, like graduating. And this is also why like, it filled me up with so much joy to like see you get to walk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I finally got my, like I didn't go to my high school graduation. And when I finally got my college degree and graduated, nobody was able to come to travel. And so it was just like things where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened and you move forward but I don't really celebrate my wins, like as much as I should. And that's something I'm learning to do older in my big age. Celebrate your
1: wins. That is a, because it comes from the trauma. I learned that sort of in in later years, but yeah, I wish that I had recognized that, but that is definitely what happens, that constant state of perfection. My father was raised the same way. So so (laughs) very much that state of like, it's never enough, you know? And so I've never seen like my father even take a vacation ever Mm. he's always been on call for 30 years he's been on call um and you think about like the fact that like you've never even on a vacation we he has to drop everything and go sign in and do something on the computer right in my head as a kid so it's like always the idea a concept of like is there ever a day off
0: and i don't know what that
1: means i have no work-life balance so yeah i (laughs) this This
0: This hits me so hard because I hate that folks are not taking the time for themselves, and there isn't a balance. There's always like this urgent need to get things done, and then Mm -hmm. this urgent need to overload yourself. And I know, I know, there's this whole joke. Sometimes V is always busy, like, and it seems like I'm (laughs) overloaded. (laughs) Fish, fish. <laughs> but I still like in the in-between like I still try to find ways to keep intermittent breaks with myself so like you know if I straight up tell somebody no I can't do that thing it's because I'm recharging and I need to like take a second to like re like collect myself maybe if I need to talk to like folks like in my family or talk to my friends on, on the phone to just debrief and hang out on the phone Like, I don't want to go anywhere because I need to let my body rest. And I also need to take care of myself, which means like either working out or doing another yoga session or taking a walk, getting some air. And I do take the time to do that. So like when I say that I need to take time for myself, it's important to take time for yourself. Like do not like overload yourself, overbook yourself because you think the payoff is going to be there because at the end you're going to get grumpy and cranky and pissy and like I'm not going to lie, I do have tendencies to get a little pissy, but I only get pissy when people are wasting my time because then that takes away the time for me to take care of myself. And that's the whole, yeah. that's the whole theme there. Um, and so with work and and stuff, like I grew up where it was the same thing with my mom. My mom was always work, 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 work. And don't get me wrong, she had to do what she had to do as a mm-hmm. black woman to keep food on the table, to keep rent paid, to keep, yeah. you know, us kids going on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes it felt like bare minimum, but it was what she had to do. And what I mean by bare minimum is like, she couldn't like make us lunches. She couldn't like spend time with us after work every day cause she was so tired. And that's something that I, I stick to my heart where I see that from my childhood, but I refuse to implement that on myself. Um, because I don't want to be that person that doesn't have time to decompress and properly take care of myself like I want to make sure that like yes I work but yes I still have balance um, yeah. so that the whole like going out of your way like to work like I did work at a job where like it was it was a subculture so basically if someone couldn't if someone called out from work for whatever reason sick if they're out sick Um, And don't get me wrong, people are allowed to be out sick. Um, But what will happen is the manager will call you up on your day off being like, hey, do you want to get some extra hours? you want to come through? And you're like, ah, yeah, extra money. Hell yeah. But then at the same time, you're like, wow, my piece is really disturbed because somebody else had to take a day off and you guys don't have the right resources to take care of it in the day. So you have to pull from your other staff who are just trying to enjoy themselves. And so- I hate that culture because then it's like, there's not a good structure for those jobs to be like sustainable, even if that one person calls out. And so it's like, there needs to be a different model considered, but also at the same time models implement each other. And so now we just have this huge culture of just calling people when they're trying to recalibrate under their time of peace. And so Mm -hmm. it just drives me insane when it's like, oh yeah, here I am halfway through like a white claw because why not? <laughs> and then someone calls me up being like, hey, I know you're probably drunk, but can you come in? It's like, what? <laughs>
1: no. That's the worst, yeah. Yeah, so- And then you you said uh, healthy boundaries. How do you, um, and you talked about it a little bit, but how do you continue to reinforce the healthy boundaries now? Now? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I just say like, with my perf, like, unfortunately, there has to be a sense of eloquence when it comes to your professional life when you need time off for yourself because sometimes mm-hmm. folks can't take things so directly. Where it's like, I need to be left alone, which that's pretty direct, right? I need to be left yeah. alone. But sometimes that yeah. language can be seen as aggressive in a professional setting, so you can't say it like that. So now there's new facades such as, I need to take a mental health day. I can't... I need some time for myself. Which Mm -hmm. is kind of like the remix of that. But truly, that's what it is. Like, just... I will have to say like, hey, I need some time off. Or hey, I... I can't do that. Or if you know if someone's being really aggressive, then I just ignore their text message or voicemail because I just let it go straight to voicemail. Uh, I currently do not have the bandwidth for this. <laughs> yeah. There's a few strategies. Like Some folks will have the open door to let you be expressive and, and just say what it is. But some folks, it doesn't matter how much you say this is what it is, that now you have to kind of give the passive approach and just ignore their calls. So like, and then answer it when you're ready to answer it, like on a business day when you're being a professional. But as for like my friends, it's pretty, it's a lot easier. Like I'll just say, I, I need a moment or, you know, or it's like, hey, I'm really tired. I really need to take a day for myself. Or, hey, I really need to anticipate this break that I'm having this Friday because I've already made plans for myself so like let's do something else on a different day so like Mm -hmm. i i kind of do like these weird things where it's like in the moment or projecting so that way we can kind of plan around it um so it's not the it's not the only answer i know some folks have other ways of going about their boundaries but it's just kind of what has been working for me um And then, you know, if I'm in a moment of like, if someone doesn't really understand my boundaries, sometimes I kind of have to white lie it, which I don't want to do. But sometimes, like I said, there's some folks can't really understand direct people (laughs) and it can be really annoying. And then it's like, then at that point, are they really your friend? You know what I mean?
2: Um, I think also there's like the fear of if you are direct, that people just dismiss you as like being bitchy which I recently had a conversation with a friend where I was like oh no like if you tell me you need space I'm gonna give you space and I'm not gonna be like bitter about it like you have shit that's going on in your life but I think that's also just a, a sign of maturity have we matured enough to communicate our like wants needs and desires in our friendships no yes
1: yeah i mean you should you should be able to set up boundaries with with friendships we we do it in you know romantic situations and and if we should apply the same concepts across the board if you're in a in a friendship with someone it should be the same it's still a relationship right it still needs to have those boundaries of like what is the point where we how do we argue how do we settle arguments how do we take space and time and allow for healing like the, all those things have to happen bands you know your, your bands or music groups oftentimes right like though that's oftentimes why so many of them wind up breaking up because the interpersonal relationships are not very strong because they're not it's sort of like it's business but it's really not right it's like it's, <laughs> it's not business just because you're playing music with someone um yeah the music is a business but the relationships that you have in there has to still go through all of those different dimensions so I think it is important to set healthy boundaries with friends and and to get an opportunity to say you know what we've reached a, we've reached a point right we need to take a take a space and what does that entail for each person So I'm curious
0: how difficult is it us is it for us as adults to try to learn how to build those boundaries versus when we were kids there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for us to set those boundaries early on.
1: Yeah. I don't think I could set any. I feel like um, I watch my parents, because I'm in a multi-generational situation raising my son, watch them very much um, sometimes crippled with anxiety of how I allow my son to have choices. It is absolutely like that my, my, my father has no concept of it. It is so foreign to him and he struggles with it. But it's you know I don't feel like that I know my child and I don't feel like the need to have I want him to be able to express to me those boundaries that mom I need you know when he says I need give me a minute he needs a minute and Mm -hmm. I need to give him that and you can go into your room and do what you need to do I do expect at some point right we're going to have some communication you can't just close off for me but there's you get angry too and Versus us having a screaming match and me having a preteen child running around here that I want to knock his head off, It's easier for me to feel like, (laughs) let's have a, we both need a space. Let's both take that time. Um, And so I didn't get that option. And I feel like, you know, it was certainly missing for for kids. But nowadays it is important. I feel like kids have maybe learned that from, I don't know if it's sitcoms or TikTok. I don't know where they're learning it. <laughs> <laughs> Not sitcoms. Are they looking, learning it from TikTok? I don't know. But the fact is that, that they are knowing to ask that and to say that, right? Like, you know, uh, I heard, you know, our neighbor on the phone with his mom picking him and we take him up from the bus and You know he she was saying something he didn't like and he was like look mom you know what I'm going to give you a call back in like five minutes let me just do a breather and then I'm going to call you back and I was like that's so mature Mm -hmm. but your the parent has to be also mature enough to take that and to be able to say yes that's okay versus like I know you're not talking to me you know this is over (laughs) um which is what my parents would have done like you ask me what for, for time in my house? Oh, no. See, when you pay a deal, you'll get some. When you pay up for time, you'll get time. Until then, this ain't your house, so you don't get no time. And don't close my door or I'm going to take it off the hedge. You know? Lord, <laughs> that like... was my upbringing. But I think that's a total, like, yeah, Less I said same. close this door. You know what I mean? Like, kids today should be able to do. First of all, for privacy reasons, there's other reasons that are, like, are important for that that self-healing and, you know, respite time is very important for, you know, adolescent children, pre-adolescent children, maybe as young, very, very young children. I understand the notion of that, but like, you gotta give kids some, some healthy time. So I like that. me that you asked that what's the difference? Cause I'm like, I love to, nowadays I find it easier. And as a kid, I wasn't even given a license to question or ask you know my parents or grandparents anything it was just like or my aunts or uncles it was like you better shut up and do whatever has been asked of you sometimes that wasn't always smart decisions
0: yes no I 100% side you on that because I felt that there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to set boundaries and it kind of enabled me to be more of a people pleaser Um, which I'm sure that's been kind of a trending topic like I'm a recovering people pleaser and Mm -hmm. I feel like I am a recovering people pleaser when someone brought it up. I'm like, ooh, that hits. And it's because because I didn't have boundaries, then I had to revert to being like, I'm just gonna, you know, smile and be like, Yeah, sure, anything you say makes sense to me, even though in the back of my brain I'm like, girl, like you need to stomp that foot down the ground as firm as possible. Like, you know, and so I didn't really get to have a chance to be firm with my boundaries until college hit. Um when I would see like real world applications about how people would just kind of run all over me. And then it's like, okay, the shit needs to change. And so if you guys ever find me like stumbling over my words or trying to find the right thing to say, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a uh, result of that, of me just trying to figure out like my own voice. Because like at first, like as a kid I didn't really have it because I was told to just abide by what the adults were saying And now I'm trying to revert back to like, okay, I have to have my own agency and independence now. Um, And so it takes work. It takes a lot of work. And that's not coming out of my ass, by the way. I actually talked to a therapist about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is, and it sounds familiar. Very (laughs) familiar.
2: familiar. (laughs) Like literally I had uh, typed like fight or flight versus like fawn or freeze, right as you were talking about people pleasing and how that is a response to like you not feeling safe or comfortable in your environment that's an actual reaction like what does your brain decide to do Uh to that will be like the safest option right whether it be uh, a physical danger an emotional danger just an anxiety giving experience of like how do i react to this um fawning i think is something that people don't really talk about as much Which is like, that's the people pleasing aspect of not really knowing how to safely establish your boundaries, whether or not you feel comfortable or safe saying no and safe, you know, um, repping for your own autonomy. So I think this is one of those revolutionary things where it's like every generation hopefully should be getting better at this of, you know, letting people be their own people.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, And
2: that affects us from an individual status all the way up to a national governmental one. Crisis.
0: Else,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, love... Kuma Kuhn! Hi! Yeah, Kuma's
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis!
2: Here goes Kuma.
0: <laughs> I really like how we got a lot of family in the chat. I'm just going to quickly shout out a couple of folks. Like, we got yes, Klopp. Klopp, who's just been consistent thank you we got brother from another nerdy mother only one ronin um, right. i saw yay. mark cooper in here the return of mc brooks
1: awesome. like, mc brooks yay yeah
0: like, like we're MC just doing MC some free brooks. shout outs today don't mind us <laughs> <laughs> if don't, i ever don't we, mind us.
1: if we forgot your
0: name in here just make yourself known
1: <laughs> mc brooks if you're listening if you're still here i boycotted awesome con for for so many reasons and ones you experienced this year. What happened at Awesome Con? What happened at Awesome Con? Just, they're just, you know, corporate, that's all. Corporate con that are not often, you know, governed in a a way that is equitable. And that's how it goes for so many things.
0: Yeah. (laughs) These conventions are going to be, they're now the new, like, not, what's the word I'm looking for? If you fucking up, we're gonna come after you. Like, if if we see things not looking diverse, representative, if things are looking shiesty, people come through, pitchforks and uh, torches, like Shrek. Ready, (laughs) like Shrek. Don't care. (laughs) I listen to Shrek by the way, like it's a podcast because I know what the visuals look like. So if I'm really feeling a type of way, I'll just play it in the background and be like, yeah. That was a good scene. Thank you, Eddie Murphy.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> That's correct. Duloc is, Duloc is, Duloc is a perfect place. <laughs> 10 your shoes, swipe your.
0: has kept us in a chokehold since the early 2000s (laughs) y'all
2: to this day i watch it and i'm just amazed by how much adult entertainment they fit into this
1: yeah (laughs) this movie
2: speaking of adult entertainment yes adult entertainment welcome to nerdy and dirty we're back hello Hi, it's Pride Month. Did you know? Were you aware? Have the corporations (laughs) let you know
0: that they are also very, very gay? Um, (laughs) Everyone's gay today. Everyone's Everyone's gay gay today. Everyone's gay today. Today. Everyone's gay this month and today.
2: (laughs) I was like, gay for pay? This is dear capitalism. Why? Not what we were going to talk about in Nerdy and Dirty. I wanted to discuss queer sex, gay sex. Sex that is not focused primarily on making babies, because that seems to be ha-ha, trigger word, the heteronormative uh, <laughs> discussion and views on sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not having penetrative sex and it's not real sex, and I was like, who told you that? <laughs> and also, are y'all okay <laughs> Um you guys not having sex for the pleasure for the good times for For the pleasure (laughs) um so i think it's really important because it also ties into like ideas of virginity and morality i think people ascribe a lot to sex that is unnecessary when it comes to defining sex so as people on this podcast because we are we're a queer podcast I identify as pansexual, um, I talk often about the importance, or putting the importance of pleasure back, back into sex, because I feel like there is um, an intimacy that is lost in today's culture, um, especially when you can just like swipe right, swipe left, pick the parts you like, or what you think is visually pleasing, and then you get this person or this partner that you've like ordered off an app and then you don't know what to do (laughs) once you get there and it's like you haven't gotten comfortable with the idea of exploring and actually just being there to please another person and also yourself and i feel like that concept in itself is queer do we agree have we spilled hot tea what are your thoughts on this
1: uh, yeah. Go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, please. Uh, <laughs> I think I, it's it's interesting because I think all three of us I identify as queer. I feel like there is a level of maybe, um, not even bias, but just maybe more literacy than than others in 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 this conversation. Because absolutely, I have never only considered penetrative sex to be. Uh, the, the 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 defining uh, you know level of 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 sexual intercourse or however we choose to define that is like that's the only way you can do this, um, but I think that it's funny because as we get older and more things seem to come into like the overall consciousness. There's a lot of questions about like how you do things. Um, and, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is I recently saw um, a gentleman who had no jaw, um, and I, you, you all probably saw this. He has no jaw. He was, he was uh, born with, a, with a, a birth defect, and he got married um, or is engaged to a woman, and people were asking how do they have activities, how do they have intimate activities. And I'm thinking to myself, that's only if you are considering that intimacy, is a, that a jaw or this, you know, space is actually utilized for physical intimacy, and then it got me thinking, like, how many people are just there's what you said, kind of like, are so maybe maybe unaware or just unlearned about what physical intimacy is that it has to be sex. And I don't consider intimacy sex. I think of it in so many other ways. That there's so many other things that you can do even than just kissing. That there's other dimensions of that. Um, and that things like hold that using hands and other body parts, other appendages is is just as exploratory, and it shouldn't be like uh, weird or some some you know extrapolated thing. Like you're you're doing something really novel because you're using your hands, you're using your feet, you're using you know. You're like scrubbing their feet that a part of every you know you should be intimacy i feel like is your whole physical and spiritual and you know uh self so i don't know maybe for me i'm like yeah i need all of those other pieces right like i can't i'm not able to even have just a physical experience it has to be or that multi-dimensional multi-sensory experience for me to even have a real full you know sort of Orgasmic experience. Like for me, that has to happen. Like I have to have simulation on all those other levels, not just a physical thing.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I
1: I think, (laughs) sorry, I'm just thinking back to like. I know I threw that one whole (laughs) off of like this, this story about this guy, but I'm just like, people were so. It was like 12,000 comments on this thing, and people were like, but how does. But how? But what would they? And it's like, oh my gosh! Like, what if this? You know, there's people in that have all kinds of birth defects that can't do this the way that. So it isn't even just an idea of like, you know, identity. It's an idea of like, you're. Yeah, we have really been programmed to by a lot of the movies and a lot of the yes. the fictional stuff. Yeah, this is how it looks.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, I, I do believe that the brainwashing of what romance is supposed to be is supposed to look like is definitely through media. Um, yeah it's not correlated. Um, I think having a sense of making sure that your sexual practices are also accessible um, because not everybody is built like like a um, I almost said Chris Evans, not everyone's built like Chris Evans. <laughs> speak on that ableism. <laughs> um but it's true like just you know you gotta be thore's dad bod Mm. (laughs) yeah it it comes with the in the territory of like express express what you want to receive and give in in the scenario so it's more enjoyable than just the standard of like hey it's heterosexual sex and my pp goes in the hole you know like just right (laughs) it's more beyond that it's like setting Setting the tone, like you know, setting the tone. Understanding, like, I'm, I'm being redundant. Setting the the approach. Um, I get blemished when I talk about this stuff because it's just like, whew. um, clipped. <laughs> Sometimes,
2: be blushes easy. It's so great. <laughs> Favorite pastimes. <laughs> There's
0: a reddish brown going on. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, like I I know like. Sometimes for me, like so me and my partner like I've expressed before on the podcast, we're we're shitlords. And so like we will laugh about everything that is funny. Um we also learned that, you know, brushing your teeth right before you do things is not the move. Especially <laughs> when he when I'm trying to provide pleasure and things get really cold for him. So like Minty freshness. Minty. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we had a good laugh over it, but like the laugh didn't kill the mood. And so like, just expect that, like, when you go into that, like laughing is okay. Just not laughing at, but laughing at the situation. So you're laughing with each other. I know it's such a like stereotypical thing. Laughing with, laughing with is good. Because if you're laughing at them, it makes folks feel really insecure. Um, but those who are kind of amateurs and, you know, just kind of character selecting their mate off of a app, I understand that like lots of insecurities are on the table even though both folks might feel confident in themselves now it's like a matter of like now it's collaboration (laughs) so like intimacy by colgate god dang it kuma bruh
2: (laughs) hey they're giving icy hot a run for their bums okay
0: (laughs) um yeah like there are other ways to just like you know like set a tone like sometimes like intimacy away from penetration can just be like just being two people just trying to have fun with each other and engage so that means a lot of hand touching or just like you know feeling the erogenous zones and maybe that includes lighting some candles I feel like this is kind of like a a not a A version of a conversation that we had before like kind of like with the food like from a previous episode like is food necessary is food your angle this time food doesn't have to be your angle this time maybe it is a Netflix and chill session maybe that's what you're into like just make it make it adventurous you know make it make it kind of like a storytelling thing for yourself but it's just it's just a scene not necessarily like getting to the point of like getting your shit rammed you know right. (laughs) <laughs> getting your shit rammed. I
2: think so much of um, what happens with sex and intimacy is like it's in your mind first. It's mental, right? Yes. Preparing yourself to be in a space of like we're gonna take some time to appreciate one another, to to establish this bond. For me to express the loving feelings that I have for you, the yep. appreciation that I have for you, and like really making it a moment in time that is not just about like getting it on and getting it over because nobody wants to feel like they're used at the end of that altercation right you want it to be a 50 50
0: co-mingling of energies yes
1: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely
0: and if you've accomplished that with your partner too if you did like meet your partner through an app like kudos and also congratulations because I know that's really hard hard. it's really really hard especially when you're like you're on there and you're like okay I'm gonna put myself out there because I have been struggling in this area to find intimacy and a relationship and you know if if you just need like a stepping stone to like get started sure like you know everyone has a choice but I find it based off of like casual reports that I've heard received from other friends it's very rare it's very rare yeah. um yeah Kylie what's your <laughs> face saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. no um this face specifically it was
2: um a conversation I had with a, a gentleman who was like literally just breaking down and crying which is like why I, I shouldn't laugh um but it was just an interesting situation and a kind of a funny conversation that we had surrounding like dating apps and expectations and like this poor guy, he was literally like, I just want to find someone that I can love. And everybody is out here just looking for sex. And I like my heart can't handle it anymore. And I was just like, he was so distraught. And I was just like, yo, same. And I'm like, I wonder how many people are out here feeling the same way, but not knowing how to access intimacy, not knowing Mm -hmm. how to actually express it. Like they actually want something more than just sex and that it's okay to want something more than just sex but it's like it's really difficult to do on an app because even an app that's designed for actual dating is going probably eventually to be flooded or skewed towards sex only
1: yes isn't that interesting that it's you're, you're trying to make the connection and then it's it's thrusting you back into you have the sort of flexibility of this you know virtual space to be safe and vulnerable in and then it's thrusting you back into um almost like the physicality of it it's like it's weird it's a it's a lopsided i guess um and I, as I feel like there is expectations, I have a friend who recently met someone on one of these apps and is like, this guy has been very, it's been almost overly attentive to the point where she has been completely like, it's something must be wrong, right? <laughs> this guy is like, on this marriage track, he's already trying to like settle down with me. He, but it's like, well, he found someone, he like, <laughs> he found you, you know what I mean? Like he's got what he needed and he does not feel the need to play on this thing anymore. Like. I'm off, like I'm, I came here, I, I, you know, got fortunate that it didn't take me a long time. And I thought, but I think there's the idea that then she's kind of just got her guard up to be like, I'm not so sure because it's still enabled by this app. Is this person 100%, you know, who they say they are? Um, it's, so it's, those I'm, apps are hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Cause like, I think with my identity
0: with people, it's like, I don't like p- picking people from a list and saying, that's the person I'm going to make a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm i very like organic when it comes to meeting people. Like, I if I see you at like a convention, for example, um, and we're hitting it off and we're having a good time and all that stuff, of course, I'm going to like, want to stay in touch with you. But... I didn't have to search through like an index of people to find that specific person. It just so happens we happen to be in the right time and place and just like hang out and stuff. And so, and then also this overhyped expectation to try to date people. Like I, this was like my experience in Phoenix when I went to a gaming lounge and I mean, I'm already in a very cognizant or very conscious monogamous relationship right now where it's like I thought about it is this the direction I want to go in yes it is like you know and it's not like being monogamous because like something in my inner body said like you have to because of expectations like no I'm doing this because this is my choice um right but I went to this gaming lounge by myself my partner was hanging out at the hotel and then when I was at the lounge I was playing a I was playing a Terminator game and some guy out of nowhere was just like, hey, I'll play with you. I'm like, oh, great. And then the first question that came out of his mouth was, so you got a boyfriend? Which already alludes to the obvious. And I was just like, yeah, I got a partner. And then he like smacked his lips and then walked away. And I'm like, that is just, that doesn't sit right in my soul to only go up to somebody because they're single. And then, check, check off the mark and then see if it's, if it's, if it's working for you. And it's just like, it's just very, um, what's the word? Not, it's very predatory. Um, so like, I just didn't like that. And so I know folks have that angle where it's like, I'm only going to talk to her cause I think I got a shot. And then that just like, no, like you should go up to somebody cause you actually want to establish your relationship, whether if it works out romantically or not, you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be yeah. just purely on romanticism's.
1: Like did did they even try to get to know you at least or did was that like the only the first question and then like I'm out.
0: Oh, I'm a troll. I said I'm a nonprofit professional and I also run a podcast. So if you want to keep in touch, you can listen to the podcast. after. <laughs> and then he he was even more annoyed and then like then he did like smack his lips and like walked away. I'm like, oh okay, he obviously doesn't give a shit about what I do, but he only cared right. if my pussy was available. So right just saying yo your slot ready for that shot or what (laughs) I took another (laughs) shot I took another shot and I was like this is bullshit like I can't that's the wrong angle that's the wrong angle
1: yeah that one that one is a a loss for them because yeah like you don't you, you don't even, you haven't even tried to get to know the person. And it's like, even in that case, like are you just going, that just says to me that that's what their MO is to go up to people and do that, right? Like even if that's not their MO, it's what it gives off. It's like, do they got a boyfriend? Check. Are they, will they go on a date with me?
0: Check. Did she pay for her meal? Check. Um, did she let I me can't. hit it on the first date? Check. She is not good. Did she let me hit it on the third date? Check. Now we're getting married. Check. Now I get to control how much I sneeze in her. Like, I hate you. Sneeze. Yes. That's Why? not,
1: that is not sexual pleasure. That's bullshit. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah you haven't even tried attempted to even like this can be just totally incompatible but like all you cared about was that it's just a shame of like i hope that folks learn like that ain't the way people yeah i think also it's
2: fair to recognize
1: that um you
2: may be attracted to people that their baseline is not like they don't owe you an, an attraction back You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's an interesting phenomenon that happens of someone being like, oh, I'm interested in you, so, like, you owe me for my interest. And I'm like, well, you can be interested in someone and actually be interested and, like, learn them and understand that their reality does not reflect your wants. And so if I find out, for instance, that someone I'm crushing on uh, is just not interested in me because they don't like they don't like me like it's totally fine I'm still going to be interested in them and I'm still going to want them to do well I'm still going to invest like my time into whatever artistic endeavor that probably caught my eye because realistically that's usually what catches my eye like what are you doing creatively like with your time and your energy why did I like you what was attractive in the first place and my support shouldn't be based on whether or not you will also want me
1: sexually or otherwise mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah totally agree
0: and then with all these preambles then that's when it's like does it kill or does it does it kill sexual pleasure with possibly with that person or not or i don't know i'm trying to bring it back in a circle i, mean, <laughs> no, I
2: mean, just sometimes like it's fair to recognize that that sexual pleasure with that person is just not an option for you and yeah move, move on yeah and don't come to like don't come to the table expecting sexual pleasure to be on the menu. Bingo.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You That's ask. A thing. Yeah. That's, it's like you're the middle leading. school, yes, no, maybe, and then move the fuck on. If you're leading with that, then yeah, I think that is true. Like, if, it, if you're, you're the intimacy it starts from the first time that you are in, interacting with someone. Uh, even the, the approach to that. So it's the, the approach to your first interaction. And that can be in person or we know now through apps or online and virtual spaces it does not have to be um you know in in person and so if you are leading out with a very sort of with that approach you're probably not going to it, you really have to know your audience you need to before you just drop that on somebody like you know, <laughs> no, your who you're talking to and, and make sure that there are, um that that's something that they're down with right like if that's not it you're going to miss
2: out so i love that this nerdy and dirty conversation was um less on the like overtly physical aspects of sexual intercourse because i feel like we've covered that before we've talked about using toys we've talked about you know um, kinks we've talked about you know different things to to spicing up the, your, your, your bedroom life mm-hmm. um, yes. but I think it's really lovely that we also have these conversations that are more around like the mental aspects of intimacy and sex and it's not just like some weird conversation the... that gets into like ah
0: how lucky are is... we as a species right. to not be super, super primitive, primitive about it like, like we can yeah. be very like conscious about our decisions on how to go about it
1: Mm, please let us continue that trend I don't I wonder if uh the pandemic I do wonder sometimes how that will affect you know what what intimacy looks like going Mm -hmm. forward because there is a level of like you know, the old, the, I don't even say it's an old adage, but do you remember when like people were like, before I become physically intimate with someone, I would ask them to get tested. Like what, at what point do you ask if a person is vaccinated or what their oh. perspective is on, um, Oh, maybe, maybe kind of, this is a future, this is kind of going off ooh. tangent, but maybe
2: this is a future conversation on like That's, that's the next topic, man, yeah. because <laughs> I'm I was write recently that down. blindsided. That, that's the next. We're writing that down and yes. didn't realize that I felt so strongly about it. I was like oh you
1: like but safety yeah. sometimes you do want to ask but like you and even people's politics about sometimes uh you know the the whole entire science of of vaccinations is like that can be are you going to have a healthy relationship if you're on the other side of that coin? If like you believe you should be vaccinated and the other person is like, I'm vehemently against anything coming in my body, being around my body, I don't want to, you know, how does that work? Listen,
0: uh, the, stay vigilant about your safety. Don't let don't, don't let that dick appointment, you know, or pussy appointment persuade you into not being safe. That's that's how yes. I feel about that. All right, uh, moving along to just nerdy. Just nerdy. Yes. Uh, just <laughs> we're talking about very broad discussion-y type topics today if you, anybody wants to hear about a specific topic that you want us to discuss, please let us know bring it to the table, we're flexible we'll make it we'll, we can adjust our discussions to you sometimes sometimes, because I'm sometimes B <laughs> for your listening pleasure <laughs> for your listening pleasure alright um, so here's a fun one what shows did your parents prevent you from watching? I can start first with this one I know I've been introducing being like here's your torch here's your torch so shows um for a while like my mom didn't really like it my mom didn't really like it when um I would stay up at night and watch adult swim she could not stand that even though I had all the energy in the world just to go do it so talking about boundaries I was pushing them. <laughs> <laughs> um so she didn't really like if I would stay up late but at least like the content I would watch was like mostly like cowboy bebop uh inuyasha try again so there wasn't a lot of like um what's the word i'm looking for a lot of sex sexually explicit content going on um and then also adult swim is kind of really weird it's very like reddit weird where um if you want to look into the butthole of 4chan there were some shows that were like that so um, <laughs> or their spoof <laughs> commercials their spoof commercials were always kind of weird um, so luckily I had the VCR and I would just like, if I fell asleep, I would get the VCR and have the VCR record it. Um, which if you kids don't know, you could have recorded shows on your on your cassette tape. It was dope. Um, so <laughs> So um, anywho so I did that, but my mom would absolutely just be like, no to South Park. Like me and my brother would try to sneak it and she was absolutely not about it. And I didn't really un- get the love of South Park until I was an adult. so like, Matt Parker and Trey Stone I hope I got that correct they're yes. geniuses because yes. the things that they would present in their shows it's more than just the vulgarity of the show there was some themes that you're like oof
2: conversation <sighs> starters for wizzles yes yes so yeah.
0: that was that was something that my mom didn't really appreciate for me but hey I got there I'm an adult now and now there's 52 seasons of South Park that I need to catch up on <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I think, think they've been running, running, running longer running than One piece. piece. They're competitive.
1: Oh my god! Oh my yeah,
0: god. Been, yeah. yeah, I might have to fact check that real quick. Like,
2: <laughs> Longest running fandom. I really think I wonder what's so the fun. longest
1: running because yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. To-
2: Passions. A lot of some history. show that we are not privy to that our
1: grandparents were watching. Like, well, the, the I will I will say this for you know MMPR folks that you know that was not allowed. Um, even in my school it was it was a problem um at the same time there were people i will say that were watching non-child friendly programming like talk shows like the mori and the, all those things like um or even like unsolved mysteries which there was stuff on there they were they were you know reenacting physical intimate situations there was a lot of stuff on unsolved mysteries cops um <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna yes, do it's gonna, it's like, what what you? You could watch. Do when they come from little, you. you know, bleeped out, but you could see the, you know, the, the blurs on on bare bodies. You could see um, a lot of stuff like that. Um, so I'm like, when I Pee Wee's Playhouse, I'm a child of the of the early '90s. So Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, I remember Barney and friends being problematic at some point, which is interesting. Cause nowadays, oh yeah. Yes. That was problematic. That it was banned for a lot of rug rats was banned for a lot of folks. Um, even like stuff like Max and Ruby. I don't really know why, but um, mostly the Simpsons um, <laughs> that, that was a, it depends on if you, I went to um, a Catholic school and uh Uh, a Moore school and both The Simpsons was banned in all of the schools that I attended so I remember that being a distinct thing of like you could not watch that but like I said people were watching judge shows like if you were able to watch Judge Judy there was the same stuff. there was worse programming on some of those shows or Maury like I said where it was just like kids were reenacting the paternity (laughs) Right, Wilden. that Wilden. was a thing we're running through the school, you know. You just take off, running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the father. I told you.
0: Oh my god, if I would have reacted those in the playground, oh, what a missed opportunity! That would have been hilarious. It would have been beautiful content for the teachers, honestly, because they would have been like, That's funny, but we shouldn't be allowing this, <laughs> we should oh, not yeah. be laughing,
1: yeah, like that. But, but, but that that wasn't banned you know or it wasn't like you couldn't watch that and i think that was like ageism because it's like your parents watched that or whatever and the teachers watched that so you weren't going to ban that but you're going to ban you know all the child programming that may be um may you know may bring conversations like yeah the simpsons may have been controversial but there was so many you know valuable conversations to your point v about south park like there's a lot of stuff that gets discussed or even boondocks um yes you know there's a lot of things that i remember that being problematic for a lot of people um and you know folks having situations with that here because they wanted to celebrate uh aaron the creator who was from this area and grew up here and went to university of maryland college park and like so many people were you know really just show like everywhere they went right there's like a a badge of honor to be like that's us you know the all of that and like you can't even watch it because (laughs) locally it's banned and it's like how do you show support for the creator of the show and then you know well um
2: let me tell you channel
0: two queen (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell
2: you how the conservative (laughs) side of my family (laughs) tried to keep me (laughs) from the the evils of television and the evils of radio and (laughs) sent me to church a lot only for me to find all of the romance novels that people had turned in, all of the banned literature that people had turned into the church. Just became my reading playground. I was not, I don't think I was supposed to be reading the majority of the books that I was reading as an eight year old child. I spent a lot of time in the library and bookstores, just discovering Yaoi and <laughs> just opening my little little eyes to everything. So, to prowess's point, and to V's point about VCRs and recordings, back in my day, children. um, We had movie nights. Blockbuster was still a thing. So Uh there was literally like a list of things that we were allowed to watch and nothing else. My grandfather watched a lot of Law and Order. So it was either like Law and Order, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Uh Angel, just depending on which house I was at. Um, And that was it. Like There was a lot of Grease. I watched... I had a grease thing birthday party, very strange for an eight-year-old to be like, "You're the one that I love, hoo hoo hoo, honey." <laughs> yes, I see you. oh yes indeed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. Like, did he have a car? <laughs>
1: yes, did he have the a car?
0: Valorant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ooh. Yes. yes. <laughs> Problematic.
2: The love for musicals have also stemmed from this um, me- many a thing. Uh, South Park wasn't a thing until middle school. Uh, I do remember, though, like in elementary that like watching Dragon Ball Z was like a no-no, oh, or watching Dragon no. Ball was a no-no, um, because of like their adult themes of fighting. Watching Sailor Moon was a no-no, because of a lot of reasons <laughs> which I'm like valid y'all now that I've been watching it as an adult I'm like yeah I feel like so many um toxic relationships were born from this show
0: so <laughs> now that you Your bring So now that you oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> uh, now that you're bringing up like the shows that you were banned from you're talking about like after school programming Mm -hmm. where my parents were either like at work or like if my uncle was like babysitting us he wouldn't show up until like an hour later so like I got lucky with seeing these things but also my uncle was into video games and stuff so like we got away with a lot of anime but as for me like I got banned from like at like night night programming whereas like you I feel like you had a hawk over you the whole time tell me if I'm wrong the whole time you are
2: absolutely correct I, like, this is also what made it really fun to go to friends' houses because it really felt like I was doing some underground sneaky shady thing. If I could watch Powerpuff Girls, Mm -hmm. that was like (gasps) ooh, risky badass. I didn't know what the children on the playground were talking about when it came to, like, the we want to play Sailor Moon, or we want to play Spice Girls, or we want to play I was just, I was lost in the sauce. I was like Phantom Tollbooth lord of the rings i was reading tolkien um, i was that nerd <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like but books <laughs> and they were like tv Bish, what's wrong with you <laughs> teenage robot i was banned from watching that there was just a lot of like weird shows um but and this I is why did... we appreciate
0: you for being
2: a late blossoming nerd right i was like oh rugrats though i feel were the jam I I fell in love with Rugrats later in life as well, and just like, hello, gay pride. Rugrats was a very clear <laughs> show. Rugrats was super gay, uh-huh. and also like some of the best birth control I think out there because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, oh. Bruh. <laughs> 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 Nothing opened my eyes more. <laughs> like, mm. I actually want to. S- I just, just want to see, see Rugrats around with around an adult and lens. And I just, just want to know. know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, think I, I, I think I think I should, should find a way to revisit that not to be like, like Nickelodeon nostalgia you're a 90's kid who wants to catch up no like just it is it totally is that
2: but also <laughs> watching Tommy with his little brother and like the stress
0: of responsibilities <laughs> it's so good the adult responsibilities one was pretty good I was like Chucky yeah. I am with you I hate this She's shit too Chucky
2: so why is my
0: money getting snatched on my payday is even my money
2: Mm-mm-mm.
0: access yeah. and liberation y'all
2: <laughs> and then there's like the shenanigans that the adults go through like they there are some super adult themes in that show kind of mm-hmm. like Trek. that like as a child i never noticed as an adult i'm like what is going on with these parents the adults on this show need help <laughs> for real dude stew yeah. making
0: pudding at like 3 a.m in the morning what
2: is what is <laughs> stew on what is Stu? Stu stew found adderall before you know, adderall
0: was a thing what yes he was because he was an inventor was and a lot of his inventions were a success he was cultured.
2: Cultured. <laughs> he was cultured he was like let me build this baby robot death machine oh my. so my son can be as autonomous as possible so i can just keep tinkering with my toys
1: you know what the the I think the greatest invention, um, which is why, you know, I fell in love with comic books as a as a as a youth and then as well as like a lot of great American novels, because that's where you were able to get your smut. You know, it's like y'all read Judy Bloom's coming of age stories and I'm gonna read, you know, (laughs) the wonderful really, you know, Ridiculous. I don't know if maybe ridiculous is the word, but I'm going to read some James Joyce or something, right? Like, you can get some, you can get, especially from English literature, you get a lot of that.
2: Yes. A um, lot of Fabio on the
1: covers. Or even, even, even like if it, a lot of like Steinbeck, even like you get some stuff that you, Ooh is like you have no business looking at as a kid even like i read my dad was so excited i was reading like the autobiography of malcolm x it was like not because of that reason i was reading it because it was about drugs and sex and you know all these <laughs> concepts. i hadn't even made it to the end of the book when he was like had found islam i was in the beginning of the of the book where it's all the seedy and savory stuff that you can possibly get in racism and a whole different level of More inwards than you can ever imagine, right? It's like that was that came the the awakening and the enlightenment came later. I didn't make it to the enlightenment and even really understand what I was reading until you know I was really close to adulthood. Much in you know fifth grade when I was reading that book, I had no business reading it. But even like you know, you're reading Louisa May Alcott and you're reading like Little Women. It's not like the most. It's not sex, drugs, and murder. (laughs) You <laughs> know, it's not, but it's a lot of pot boilers around different things about womanhood. And, and yes. so, you know, Shel Silverstein, R.L. Stein's books, like they're not, are they really like the Goosebump series is one thing, but like he has other stuff that, in uh, Stephen King, right? Like under various pseudonyms, we were reading all of that. And I think about the fact of like, boy, nowadays, you know, something that, like Animal Farm <laughs> would be... I don't know if schools are still allowing you to read that in like fifth grade, but like we were reading that in fifth or sixth grade. Um, My son hasn't read it yet, Um, but I'm like, I don't know if they would even understand kind of, that is a very, Charlotte's web. there's a a few things that are like not maybe concepts that fifth or sixth graders can understand around death and around, um, you know, revolution and around like propaganda and, Th- these are all stories that were like hidden, right? Like around Russian revolution and like Stalin and all those things hidden in this book. And like, you're reading it as a kid and I had no idea growing up, but I knew it was something, right? I, like, I knew Anamu Farm was something I may not have um, been able to partake of. The Color Purple, you know, um, right. that is another book. to
2: bring this up because yeah. <laughs> my aunt uh, in Hawaii is fostering um, some kids. And Mm -hmm. one of them is 12 years old, right? And she had reached out to me asking for book recommendations. And she, like, vetoed almost every recommendation that I gave, either on the grounds of it being too sexual, too violent, too adult. And I was like, these are literally all of the books that I read as a child. Yeah. And I was just like,
1: huh. (laughs) Now, did they get... But I wonder if that is something that is new because in that time, like I remember reading The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison and being very young, maybe sixth or seventh grade. And then I remember in uh, like freshman year in college, I had to read it again. And I remember thinking to myself, why were we reading like Native Son, Uncle Tom's Cabin and in Invisible Man at in the fifth or sixth grade? It's very short sighted. And I wasn't able to understand any of those concepts and uh you know even i mean some of ts eliot stuff there's a there you if you have struggles with trauma and stuff like that which you don't know what kids you know not everyone is a you're not on neutral ground that all kids have the same experience but i'm like yeah you should be mindful before you pop on some hemingway would be what? like Bruh, i
2: was just thinking <laughs> hemingway <laughs> scarred scarred for life um. yeah. a very grown book to be reading at like sixth grade seventh grade or like the the speak novels yeah Uh any any books that deal on a grand scale with like war death sickness and these are truths that you can't avoid in the world this you know like it does make me question um the balance between providing the groundwork for these realities and then actually just tra- traumatizing children with facts that they're not ready for. Is this a, is this adulthood? Is this growing up? It's just a slow boil.
1: Yes, Welcome. exactly. All those things, like, you know, for whom the bell tolls it's not for kids. And, you know, there, a lot of Hemingway's stuff is like, oh my gosh. And then even his own life, um, you know, just... There, there's so much there. Uh, we, we, I celebrate my birthday the day after his. So there's a, a bar here that is like does a, you know, a, a cocktail and uh, Cuba-based or or inspired decor and menu and all of that kind of stuff. But every year I kind of think about the fact of like, um, you know, it's interesting to celebrate, celebrate, you know, this heavy drinking whose like life was kind of, you know, this. Is eventual suicide due to heavy drinking and like they have a signature cocktail for goodness sake, at this bar every July and uh you know it's just yeah so what is really what do kids the literature is almost just as where you can hide a lot of stuff and like I said in comic book culture where you can there's so much so much there too in toxicity and trauma that like did we have any business kind of Um, in our ages of, you know, being able to really understand what we were reading and watching. Yes,
0: absolutely. So we're getting to kind of the closing parts of our podcast today. Um, So we're going to go ahead and start uh, with some call to actions. Um, First and foremost, it is Pride Month. Support your local Pride event. You don't have to go to your major city. Make it lit in your own hometown, um, but also stay safe because I know there's a, there's folks that up there who are still not with the with the current times, and not with the love times. And so um, there's a lot of better folks out there who think that you know it's not great to be out there flourishing in your best flamboyant self. So um, or even not flamboyant because you know you don't have to be gay and flamboyant. You can just be who you authentically are. Um, so. But yeah, just stay careful out there, but also make it lit in your own hometown. Uh, Kylie, do you know of any events that are nearby you? Um, Not specifically.
2: So like if you ride through Monterey, like across from like where they have the volleyball courts, like right before you hit the wharfs, there's um, a stretch of-
1: Oh no.
0: Oh no, we lost you. <laughs> the finger the finger use the finger ah, ah! <laughs> that's okay i i will say that i i did hear some events happening in the in portland which is near me um so i'm going to go ahead and check those out um kylie i know you were working your way back to us don't worry my queen stay vigilant yeah. <laughs> um I haven't been able to go out yet because I know I have some traveling to do on my end. But once you know things start to settle down on my mm-hmm. side of things and taking some boundaries for myself, then I might be able to go out there and have a good time and support my
1: community. Uh, what about um, you, Prioris? Yeah, I mean, Capital Pride is, starts already, like as of Friday. So it go the the Pride Parade, the largest event of, of the entire like weekend, happens. It's like caps off next weekend. Um, it's usually like, I mean, it's a whole entire neighborhood experience here. So the neighborhoods nearby, you know, and takes over the United States Capitol, like it's the largest private raid, which is just, to me, this is a baptismal getting rid of the trash that was left, uh, on that fateful day of January the 6th. Um, so it's just fitting that we are, <laughs> there's a fight for equality, getting ready to go back onto the uh, United States Capitol where, where the procession happens every year. But for some reason this year just feels very different. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And there is, I mean, what I think has happened a lot now, there's a family zone. So it's like you have for families with small children that are fearing like, again, that trample and, you know, all those types of things. There's, there's activities that you can do here with your with your kids with small children and there's fields and that kind of thing that are nearby and of course ADA accessibility which i think is you know making making it easy for folks that you don't have to feel compelled to to participate in the parade you can actually just do other activities there's block parties there's DJs there's you know food trucks we get it popping in dc um, <laughs> everywhere <it> does right <laughs> everywhere gets a pop up but I love the idea that being safe with your small children don't feel comp- you know so like you said via so much still wild stuff in the world um right now and with with small kids I know a lot of people have had trouble this year being like what am I going to do with my small kids trying to get out to things and so they made it easier this year
0: yeah am I back yes you, you are. are
1: you're yes, back you are. You're ha,
2: back. ha 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 I'm going to get this out quick. July 23rd this year, Custom House Plaza is going to be Monterey's Pride. Um, Everything in Monterey is like around Alvarado. So meet at Alvarado, walk all the way through
0: Polk, end up at the plaza, come celebrate. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. Um, Also another call to action. Um, It's been a crazy couple of weeks um, speaking of safety um, where families have lost their loved ones, Um, loved ones who should be back at home watching cartoons as we have talked about earlier from after school, loved ones who should be serving food on the table, praying grace, Um, you know, just a lot of unrightful deaths that have happened in the last couple few weeks. Um, And so I just want to bring to the attention that we see it, um, but also we are very much so not about the violence. Um, but as much as like we wish we can bring all the lives back, um, the best we can do is try to support those families. So uh, Paris, do you mind kind of talking about the, uh, the GoFundMe hub? About Yes.
1: So um, one of the things I think has been happening with a lot of folks, they're feeling unsafe about how to best um, support uh, not just gun reform efforts, but making sure that they can sort of fund um, all the victims of various various shootings um, and, and mass terrorism uh, situations around the country. And so there's been a GoFundMe hub established, which is like collecting all of victims first. It's like a network of families of deceased and survivors of, of mass shootings. And they've taken the time to aggregate all of the different sort of uh, trusted and verified um, donation sites and donation links and funds. Um, So you have, you know, the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District. They have a donation fund, the First State Bank of Uvalde. You've got the South Texas, like, Blood and Tissue Bank, which is, you know, for folks that when they're actually, when after a shooting, that blood bank of encouraging people to go out and do that piece. There's so many different aspects of what donation means. It doesn't just mean dollars that fold and jingle. It means, you know, time. Mm -hmm. It means, you know, being able to share um, and amplify things, and also, like I said, there's you know still a, a, a formula shortage. The, a lot of the victims that were very young have young siblings. That is important. Again, that tissue and and, and blood banking, all of those types of things, so that. The hub that we'll post is going to have a lot of that information on that link that you can, you know, not, and then also same with rising the rights of sort of civil rights organizations that are collecting donations for the victims as well. And then they're continuing to amplify um, some of those volunteers who need assistance, right, with uh, mental health uh, resources and that kind of thing. So yeah, just it's a whole collection of resources that you can go to as we are grappling with Feels like, which has become, you know, not a good way to start our summer, but we don't want to continue this trend. Um, but how do we help each other through yes. all of this? Yes, yes, absolutely. And
0: yeah, I, I think I'm just speechless. by over the fact that, like, our government is not going to do anything effective about it. Um, some, <laughs> some folks are so proud of their collection and guns that they just refuse to be better. And so, at this point, it's just a community effort. Um and I'm glad that GoFundMe has went in and verified some of these sources because you know Nothing. when times of crisis I'm sure there's a lot of evil that's happening where people are fake accounting um yes. to get their own money and so it's just glad I'm glad to see that, that are, there's a way to keep everything verified. Um mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move into big move Monday Kylie this is your connect. Yes. <clears throat> well actually
2: technically it's both of our connects V because we met her both at the same time. Um talking about the lovely coach, Jen. Thank you, ma'am, for being an inspiration to me and I'm sure to many other people. Um, So she's a black woman. She's the chief operating officer of Gen J Health and Fitness, um, certified TRX and SCW group trainer, also part of NPC, which is like an amateur bodybuilding um, organization. She posts a lot about her local hiking groups. Um, She's based out of the Oakland area, which is um, basically using her platform to promote um, healthy living for BIPOC communities, especially when it comes to exploring hiking and outdoor activities. Um, The reason why I picked her for this week's Big Move Monday is she had recently... Um, come out about her battle with breast cancer and she uses her platform to bring um, breast cancer awareness to the forefront. You know, she talks about the fact that one in eight women will experience breast cancer. She talks about how disproportionately um, Black women are affected, the types of care that's available, and really promoting um, just healthier lifestyles and I think a lot of us um, really learn by observations, right? You don't know what's available to you until you see it. And so I am taking this time to applaud her for being so visible um, and being a person that is willing and wanting to do the work and is willing and wanting to be a supportive woman and a supportive sister she is someone who shows up when she says she's going to show up and she's out here like doing the work i can't believe that she went an entire year going through chemo and still like when i look at her page i'm like she's still out here hiking She's still out here working. She's still out here telling people that, you know, this is how you move through this process. Mm -hmm. This is how we fight some of these stigmas. This is how (laughs) we continue to live and thrive in spaces that normally, just due to historical instances, would have been closed off to us um, as Black women, even. So Big Move Monday goes to Jen, um, congratulations on beating your battle with breast cancer, continuing to be that woman, and um just continuing to inspire me daily to go outdoors.
0: <laughs> For <laughs> I'm real. Like, <laughs> Get out of the house, do the thing, drink <laughs> your water. I
2: was like, yes. Jen's out there I can do it (laughs) (laughs) and and providing resources for people who don't know how to start right so um, I think that's great she is definitely an accessible coach an accessible fitness trainer she's um, not one of these people who like gets fit and all of a sudden like is body shaming which I think is like a trash tool to like try to fat shame someone into losing weight she's very Uh much coming from a health conscientious background
0: so thank you woman for being here snaps
1: that's beautiful we applaud you
0: yes 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 so thank you for bringing that up kylie because yeah she's when i met her she had a very like strong and resilient presence and it felt very empowering to kind of speak to her um, I'm also, you know, like I said, Kylie's just everyone's biggest fan. <laughs> and so when I have, when I don't have the right words to say, Kylie is there to help. <laughs> so I really appreciate that you, that you've always been there to just, you know, uplift people and really show their shine. So thank you for that.
2: Um, and it's the interconnectivity. Like we met, you know, to promote, um, like STEM in BIPOC communities. I think was the event that we had met at and then we started talking about the podcast and like found out that she's also a giant nerd so like Mm -hmm. you never know who you're talking to don't be afraid to bring up your fandoms you might find Mm -hmm. a friend
0: yes yes this is true right. um let's go ahead and talk about self promo so Paris I know you got some stuff coming up I think you are navigating through an Indiegogo campaign
1: yay yes I am so um Grime Proof uh, our Grime Proof tour which I've talked about on here um, many times between myself uh, Noir Grime and Mark Cooper Um, the four of us are going on tour in less than a month now in in a couple of weeks actually Um, and we're starting on the east coast and we are right now making sure to secure some extra funds to help us on our pathway so that uh, we can do things like afford these ridiculous gas prices <laughs> petrol is gone through the roof as we know and so and also to support us and um, making sure that we can have those incidentals for you know getting food or um, vehicle costs and all of those things that we have already sort of spent some time working on as well as making sure that we are able to get everyone's stuff shipped and (laughs) the shipping costs so we really uh really appreciate everyone's support we wind up hitting a a, uh midway milestone right now where we hit 2k or a little over that of our our four thousand dollar goal um which is flexible but we we absolutely would appreciate any any dollars that again fold or jingle or even an amplification as i said that one does not really require much um other than a share so or like um or a retweet so please definitely uh support if you can and more importantly make sure to come out and see us if you get a chance um (laughs) if we're visiting your city we will be posting up all of our shows um coming very soon so you'll get a chance to hopefully welcome us and we look forward to seeing you
0: yes yeah i'm excited We, by the way (laughs) That you guys are going to be in tour doing the thing. It's going to be a like a really good show. I think it's just going to be a yes. really good show overall. Yes. Um. So I guess what some things are coming up with me is that I am coming back with Seventh Street Big Band pretty soon. Uh, there is a Color Me Gold series uh, thanks to the Francis Experience. Shout outs to Jonathan Borca, local Eastside San Jose. Uh, we will be uh, performing over at the Hudley Club on June 18th. So if you guys like some jazz, going to be in the San Jose area, find me there. Not hard to miss. Probably the only one with blue hair or green hair, depending on my how I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, so please come through. Uh, I am excited about the show and I'm happy to be back in my, my stomping grounds uh, to play trombone again. So it's going to be really yeah. dope.
2: I will be stalking you there for sure. If you guys would (laughs) like to (laughs) come stalk me if you're in the seaside Monterey area around um, June 12th, save the date. It's going to be a pre-solstice pop-up. So if you are into magic, crystals, healing, dancing, music, food, come check it out. Um, I will be having a table... So, well actually a chair because I'll be doing chair massage 15 <laughs> minutes at a time because that's a long time to be like working on people it's a lot of physical work a lot of massage so yeah it is untamed fire is hosting um it's going to be in their like lovely parking lot garden area from 11 to 4 30 what is what are we pacific pacific standard time I'll be there i'm gonna cut it off i'll say like probably 11 to 2:45 because i have another engagement on that date at three o'clock ah e, hey so not a problem i'll be there <laughs> come get these hands
0: it's a great tagline right? i love that
1: yes yes, not yes. A
0: problem. Not a problem. It's so cute. Like I'm jealous. You got issues in your tissues. I'm not <laughs> even like a licensed person. <laughs> issues in your tissues. You issues in your tissues is the in best. Your tissues.
1: Yes. MC Kai. I love it. Yes.
0: <laughs> MC Kai. Yeah,
2: sometimes people think I play too much. I think I'm like, but you have to have fun. There's so many people who are like, don't you think it should be more professional? Hell nah. Like, For people, like, the amount of people that I know in chronic pain, like, the last thing they really want is to go see some professional doctor who's going to be pushing some medication that they're just getting paid Mm -hmm. to push that has nothing to do with actually addressing whatever chronic pain issue they're going
0: to, Mm -hmm. go find somebody who will help you. Holistic healing all day long. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. Well i think that's about it for today's episode that's thank us. you we did the thing. for listening to lady blurt sings the blues you can listen to this recording on your favorite podcast app this monday you can follow up with us primarily on instagram and twitter you can also catch us on twitter on thursdays chatting it up in the spaces at 6 p.m pst 9 p.m est uh, also don't forget to follow us i mean we got announcements I saw that some of you guys were already following us thought that there was a show yesterday, even though I was actually testing, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm glad that you're keeping up with us. So that's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't worry. I will always send out a formal little thing like, Hey, we're coming. <laughs> so uh, definitely don't forget to follow us along. Um, is there anything else girls?
1: No. Drink Just your water. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe and alert. Uh that's all.
0: Alright. <laughs> all right Well, let's go, girls. I would like to pay with us Way. Thank you. <laughs>